Hey everybody, how are we this afternoon? I, I had midstream was changing this morning to this afternoon. Did you catch that? I was like, this afternoon. Is it afternoon yet? It's almost. What time is it right now? It is 11.49. How are we today? Are we good? Man, I'm so glad to have you guys this morning. We are going to have a lot, a lot, a lot of fun today. We're kicking off a new series called Major League Marriage. Alright? Now, let me... Let me go ahead and solve a couple uh, issues and uh, remove a couple barriers, alright? So, although this is called Major League Marriage, the reason we called it that is because it rhymes better, right? But we really wanted to call it Major League Relationships because we're going to cover something much broader than just marriage. Now, predominantly this conversation in this series is going to be about those love-marriage type relationships. However, we have in our mind... And geared into our conversation, those of you that are much broader than that conversation, because some of you guys are here today, uh, you are, I've been there, done that, ain't going back, right? Been married, done that, ain't going back. We, we got you. We, we, the, the, what the principles, the conversation today is perfect for that. Some of you guys are, you're single, and you're just like, hey man, I'm Never been married. I'm completely happy right now. I'm good to go. We've got you covered. I promise you. Uh, and then everyone else around that, if you're married, uh, and, or if you, you're here this morning and you are, uh, you're, you're, you're happy to be sitting with each other, right? We acknowledge that, are, that there are many of you here today that could be really, really on some rocky roads. Uh, so I hope that, uh, you'll do at least one of two things. Uh, I hope that, um, if you stumbled into this morning, that somehow in the course of today that you would make a mental check commitment that you would value uh, what we show you out of God's Word that you would make every week over the next four weeks. And I ask that because I believe this is going to be so pertinent and so uh, important for all of us. So uh, think about that. Alright, uh, real quick before we dive into our conversation, and we're going to have a lot of fun with this today. Uh, I, I've got to acknowledge that Easter was phenomenal last week. How many of you guys, you made Easter last week? Yeah. Kind of a weak sauce clap, but we'll accept it. It's all good. All right. Uh, let me, let me, while we talk about Easter, say it was a phenomenal day. We had a, an enormous amount of crowd of people. I don't, I don't even know how. I've got like all kinds of numbers back of how many people we really, really had. I'll just say it was a lot. But everybody was moving around and, and kids were having a great time and just people never stopped coming. Uh, our, which reminds me, our parking team never stopped parking. Right? They never stopped shuttling people the entire time. And I don't know if you guys know this, but we've got, we've got some amazing sacrificial people around here. We had people on our parking team that worked around the clock to get people on and off that land. That was such a huge undertaking. Uh, we've got other churches that are passing through here, and we're trying to be nice to them and not make everybody else mad at us. And we're trying to treat your guests with the utmost importance. Uh, so we had those guys, and we had we had a really special group of people that said we'll watch people's babies and their kids and not go to, to the Easter service, and that was going on. And so can I can I ask for your applause for them to say thank you, thank you to our parking team and those of you that sacrificed on our kids areas. There was a whole host of people. I think we've got photos up there of people doing all types of things. This is Tommy. And by the way, if you've never gone out to Tommy's barbecue, you should go. Uh, they're not able to get, give us their best on Easter, but they do sacrifice and give up Easter. But 
Man, they've got incredible ribs and brisket and all kind of good stuff out there, out in uh, Harris County. Uh, lots of great things that happen. An enormous amount of volunteers. And here's the coolest thing. We tried something out. out. We didn't know if it would work. You know, outdoor, it's really hard to hold people's attention. We did have a little technical issue. We hired a, a, an expensive company out of Atlanta to do our sound, and we had some issues with that. But in light of even you could hear the sound going in and out, God showed up, and we had a cool new thing. People could text a decision that they were making. We had a boatload of people that text and said, forgiven. And I just I, I want to celebrate God doing, uh, in spite of, what we humanistic, what we humanly fail at, God did what He wanted to do. So I'm proud of what God did on Easter. And so thank you for coming back. Uh, we're kicking a series off called uh, Major League Marriage, and to do our uh, to do a wonderful, fun, uh, enthusiastic get start to kind of get you out of your little. You know, I just sat down. I'm going to fall asleep because it's now nap time. All right. I want you. I want you to get fired up a little bit. I got some questions for you. All right. Imagine you have two cards. Uh, sitting next to you, one says yes, and one says no. You don't have those cards, but imagine you do, right? So this is yes, this is no. Can, can we all practice? Give me a yes, give me a no. Yes, no, yes, no. It's not like Simon says, you can do whatever you want. Okay, so I'm going to ask some questions, and you be brutally honest, all right? This is going to be fun, all right? It's going to take a little brain power, because these are some intense, intense questions, okay? Is a girl more attractive if she orders a steak on the first date? Yes or no? Is a girl more attractive if she orders a steak on the first date? Yes or no? Yes or no? Yes or no? Golly, a lot of meat eaters up in here today. Come on. Meat eaters. All right, here's another one. All right, now this is, this is going to involve a lot more thinking on this one, all right? If your wife or girlfriend is wearing an outfit... <laughs> It isn't flattering. Should you tell her? Whoa, hold on, hold on, hold on. Don't, don't, not yet, not yet, not yet. Hold your horses. Let me help you. What I'm asking is, if she says to you, Mister, how do I look? Do you like what I'm wearing? Does it look good on me? You're going to answer yes or no. All right, ready? Yes or no, vote. Vote. Go ahead. Yes or no? Holy cow, there's a lot of single dudes up in here. Oh my gosh, yeah. Some of y'all need help with that one. Alright, the answer is always she looks good. Okay, uh, number three. Does a healthier, and have I mentioned this is PG-13? Whenever we do a marriage series, it's always PG-13. Alright, so you got a youngster in here, just kind of plug ears for a second. Maybe uh, for the next 10 to 50 minutes. Um, Alright, so does a healthier sex life lead to your husband cleaning the house? Yes or no? Yes or no? Yes or no? Yes or no? It does not in our house, apparently. Uh, now here's what's crazy. Here's what's crazy. I'm not really sure which one comes first. Alright, because you know what they call it. It's called chore play. Chore play. Okay. Alright, you heard it here first. Uh, yeah, my wife just went wah, 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 wah. Alright, last one. Uh, is an hour of quality time doing something she loves better than a dozen roses? Yes or no? Yeah, that's an easy one. Yes, yes, yes. Quality time is always better than a dozen roses. But would you prefer both? Yes, the answer is always yes there too, see? I mean, just yes. Yes is always better than no, right? How, so, 
in light of this conversation, if you prefer, we can continue this all the way through today's message. If you don't like what we've got to say, just go like that. And we'll move on. If you like it, we, we can linger longer. Give us more. That's how we, that's how we talk today, okay? Alright, so, um, my wife Christy's here today. Can we give it up for my beautiful bride? 24 years we've been married. So, as we enter, in this, as we enter into this conversation, note two things. One, we've done a lot wrong, and we've done some things decent. Um, um, so what we will communicate out of is hopefully what we're learning and some of the things we've learned out of God's Word, but we're going to also tell you some things we've, we've just, we've done, we've done terribly. And I hope that today, that however you are here, however you, however you found yourself here, that you would know beyond any shadow of a doubt that God has you here for something, for something, whoever you are, in a relationship, out of a relationship, single, but I got people I work with, you know, wherever you're at, I, I really think that God's got something for you. All right, we're going to dive into our predominant passage today. It's found in Genesis. Genesis is the very first book in the Bible. All right, so if you got a Bible, uh, open it up. Chapter 2, if you don't have a Bible, we'll just throw it up on screens and you've got Scripture in your handout this morning. Genesis chapter 2. Yeah, go ahead. Please. Um, kind of to give you a another little just kind of foundation for what we're going to talk about because we understand there are a lot of emotions when we have these kind of um, topics in church. And so just to kind of set you at ease, um, if you are married and you're thinking, oh my goodness, my spouse is not here. I wish they were here. How can I get them to listen to the podcast this week? Let's just say this two things up front that we'd love for you to think about. One is this, that um, maybe, just maybe, um, what God hopes to do in this series is not fix your significant other. Maybe it is less about finding the perfect person or getting them to be the perfect person and more about what That's God good. hopes to do in you. So just kind of keep that. So it's not four weeks of this. Okay. Four weeks of like this. And I would say if you are here today and you're like, man, I wish my spouse was here. Maybe just maybe God has something to do in you and in your heart. Um, the other thing is whenever we do any kind of marriage, you know, uh, series or, talk, people are always like ready with their pen, like give me the 10 things that are going to make everything right. better in my right. life, good. or make him better. And I would say this, that it's less about what you are doing and more about who you are doing it with. God created this thing called the church. It wasn't so that you would come and hear an awesome band and look at the back of somebody else's head. He created the church so that you would have people who would literally circle up and do life with you. That you could like go through hard times and struggles. And I, we just want to say up front, the things that we talk about are going to be very hard for you to do on your own. Our encouragement would be for you to make this your church home if you don't have one. When it comes time for small groups to start again, uh, we have some people in our church that have done a very intentional job of setting up some groups they call signature groups. We will always have a marriage small group that would give you an opportunity to connect with some mentors who can help you through this. We'll always have a men's group that will help you if you're like divorce recovery or addiction recovery. We'll always have a women's group um, that will help you walk through life. It was really cool thing, really cool moment for me. A couple months ago, I met with some women in the farmhouse out on the land where we had Easter last week. 
And this particular group of women, there were about 12 of them, they were telling their stories, pretty messy stories in this room. And the neat thing was, as I looked around the room, I said, how in the world are you guys all still married? Hmm. And they said, because we had each other. We would have never stuck it out. Some of their stories didn't have a pretty ending yet. Some of them had just decided my life is going to be hard, <laughs> and, but I can do it when I have people who are on my team who are Strength walking this with me. So that would be our encouragement to you. Think about what God wants to do in you. Think about who he wants you to do life with. That's good. It's really good. Uh, that really ties into Genesis chapter 2. All right. So Genesis chapter 2. I'm going to start verse 18. The Lord said, the Lord God said, and here's where we're going to uh, kind of initiate where all this goes and really tie what Christy just said. The Lord God said, it is not good for the man to be what? Alone. Now, at first glance, let me ask this question. Is God saying it's not good for you to, to be single? Is this a single thing? Like You, you, you should not be single. Is he, say, is he talking about singlehood, marriedhood? Well, no, not really if you really kind of incorporate the rest of the Bible in this conversation. Really what Christy said. Our culture, our world today does not lead us to community, to deep connections, to, to like authenticity with each other. Our, our world does not lead to that. Our culture leads more to isolation than it, than it does anything else. So God's, I think, talking, obviously we know it's, for some of us, we know what's going to happen next. God's going to create something for man, right? It's not a puppy. It's going to be something awesome, right? And it's going to be a relationship that we're going to talk about. But God's also talking about the idea of what Christy just mentioned. Our world leads us to isolation and aloneness. And God's not all of a sudden recognizing. He realizes man is not good to be alone. It could have just been easy, just as easy as said woman, but we are not meant to be alone. So, um, so why is Adam alone? This is not complicated. He's the only person on the planet at this point. Okay? Alright? Adam's alone because there ain't nobody around, right? So, uh, and let me just add this. Because we live in a culture that's, that's often time, you, you know, just have acquaintances and you're, you're isolated. Most of us can think that if I just can get into a romantic relationship, then that'll fix everything else. Right? I mean, that's a, a, a lot of, if you're single, if you're dating, or if you've been married, maybe that's why you jumped into the relationship. And sometimes we think if I can just be find that romantic relationship, it'll solve all that. One will help us with that part of that today. And maybe that's where some of you are this morning. Maybe you woke up in your bed today and you were still alone in your heart and in your soul. So we want to look at what God wants to do in us today to help us get where He wants us to go that ultimately leads us to holiness and health and ultimately happiness. Alright, uh, so God, God said, man, it's not good for you to be alone. I will make a suitable helper for him. Now, I think probably some of us thought right off the bat that God decided he's gonna make woman, got man's little helper. And that this role is like for her to walk behind Adam and like sweep up behind him because he can't take care of his junk. Right? It's not what, that's not what woman was. Right? This is not, God making woman man's servant, right? You're the junior colleague in the relationship. No, this, this is not that. God's also not creating a woman to complete him, right? 
It's not servant and it's not you complete me like the old Jerry Maguire movie, right? It's not any of those. It's, it's somewhere between that, like, we're going to compliment each other. This is going to be some mutual submission that we're going to see in Scripture in, in just a moment. But this is going to be a complementary relationship because God didn't want us to be alone. So we made each other for each other for some, for a beautiful design that God could get glory out of. Uh, so, so, uh, so here's Adam. He's got like plants. He's got animals. Verse 19, Now the Lord God had formed out of the ground all the wild animals, all the birds of the sky. So Adam's living in this lush, beautiful place, but he's alone. And he's, maybe he's realizing like, hey, uh, the giraffe's awesome, but I mean, like the communication thing, we're not really, you know, I, I mean, not a whole lot going on here, you know. Uh, I got a great puppy dog. God, watch this. Here's a cool new trick. Fetch! God, I taught the dog how to fetch. How awesome is that? Like, you know, Adam could have had built a house and brought 50 dogs in, right? And he's alone still. He could have brought 50 cats in. Maybe you have 50 cats. You're weird and we can't help you. Um, but, so Adam's got animals. And they're not solving the aloneness thing, right? He's, he's isolated. He's alone. He's living life alone. And God says that's not good. And so God creates all these animals. And, uh, and allows Adam to, to name them all. Adam does. And he names all the livestock, the birds, and everything in the sky, and all the wild animals. But here we go. But for Adam, there's no suitable helper to be found. So God, thank you for what you're doing. Adam's pretty pumped, I'm sure. Verse 21, God causes Adam to fall asleep in a deep sleep, it says. And while he was sleeping, he took one of the ribs... Like this is really specific, and I think whenever God gets specific, it's because it's something it's something amazing. God takes ribs and He closes up the place with flesh, and then God makes woman from the rib He had taken out of the man, and He brought her to the man. Now, have you ever? Some of you guys are handy. Have you ever made something and you were so proud of it and you could not wait to gift it to the person you made it for? It's so no one's made anything. So say you bought something, right? Not a lot of handy people here apparently. You bought something and you thought about it, hopefully, for some length of time and you could not wait to gift it. This is the language I believe that's going on here. I think God made something awesome. He knew what He made was incredible. He knew it was going to be this incredible gift, incredible blessing. He knew what was about to happen. He knew the idea of marriage. He had the concept in His mind. He was about to establish it. And he brought woman to man, and I think God was like, what do you think? This is awesome, right? She rocks, right? He's like, uh, woo, right? So, I mean, you get this picture that, that God's excited here. And so, verse 24, I want to, this is where we're going to pull and extract some profound stuff, I think, that's going to really help us today. Stuff I've read before, stuff maybe you've read before in Scripture, but this is going to be profound for us today, I promise. Verse 24, that is why a man, and I'm going to ask you to think through what are the three Main words we're going to talk about in this passage. You can look at them and see them right now. What? That is why a man leaves his father and his mother and is united to his wife and they become one flesh. What are the three big words? Leave, united, one flesh. Say that with me. Leaves, united, one flesh. One more time. Leaves, united, one flesh. It happens in that order. Our culture says start with the end idea, sex, 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 
And then the others will solve themselves. And we get that completely wrong. So I want to show you today, we want to show you today that if you'll start with the idea that Chrissy's going to explain of leaving and uniting, then the marriage home runs will happen. All right? But let's not get that backwards. And this is so critical for us to hear and talk about today. Christy. Jeff's right. The process is important. And I don't know what you think when you hear the word leave. When I married Jeff, to me, I heard this leave in the old version of the Bible. If you grew up in an old-fashioned church at all, like I did, was leave and cleave. To me, I thought that meant physically. Like you physically left your parents' house. I'm going to move into Jeff's house. So I'm leaving them and moving in with him. And after being married for 24 years, I've come to understand it is a lot more than physically moving out from my parents' home and moving in with him. Leaving means waking up every morning and leaving my selfish desires, my motivations of what I hope I'm going to get out of this relationship. And it is a daily process that I have to start every morning. How do I leave behind everything that I am selfish about? And how do I put him first and his desires first? When you get married, um, Jeff loves to do weddings and he does a great job at them. When we watch a bride and a groom walk down the aisle, it's beautiful. She never looks so beautiful as that day. The flowers are beautiful. But I almost envision like invisible backpacks on them as they're walking down the aisle. <laughs> you have one sinner marrying another sinner, and they're carrying two or three or maybe four decades of baggage <laughs> into this relationship. They have no idea. It's like complete bliss. The pictures make everything look perfect. By the way, everybody's life is not what it is on Facebook. Um, it is not always that perfect. And so you're coming into this relationship with like decades worth of tradition, how your family did things, decades worth of baggage, and trying to combine that with somebody else. And there is a lot of leaving that has to happen. Let me give you an example. A couple years into our marriage, actually our first real home that we had here in Columbus, Georgia, first time we had a house. We were so excited. We had come from South Florida where it's impossible to buy a house as a young couple. We were so excited to move to Columbus. We built our first house. And I just assumed, because in my family, the women made all the decisions and set the schedule for holidays. So I just assumed when it was Christmas time, like I was making the Christmas plans, which I planned that we'd be away at my mama's house so my mama could do all the cooking for us. I wanted a break. Jeff and his family, where they grew up, were no, the, the daddy king of the house made all of the plans for the holidays, and everybody waited around for his dad to find out what the plan was. So I had arranged Christmas with my family out of town. He had arranged Christmas with his family coming to show off like he's worked hard, and now he's finally built a house for his family. And I'm like, we, they can't come to our house. We're not going to be here. And he's like, I'm the man in the house. We're going to be here. So I called my mom crying. That went over really well. Yeah. <laughs> I called my mother. You know, now we've drugged the whole family into our mess. I called my mother crying, and she quoted to me, literally, she quoted Ephesians 5.23, and she said, honey, you've got to submit to one another out of reverence for Christ. You know, only a mama can say that to you. And so I went to him, and I... I submitted on the outside, but not on the inside. Do you know, we stayed home, his family came, and I refused to make 
Christmas dinner. We had to go to Callaway Gardens. And now, 24 years later, I think, how ridiculous and immature of me. But I was going to, like, prove my point. So leaving is not something that you do physically. In that culture, a lot of them, they moved into tents. They still lived with their family. They lived in tents together. They lived in homes together. It was a leaving of my selfish desires and my priorities behind it. It's something that has to happen. Can I add, and that wasn't just for Christy, like her mom, and I don't want you to walk away saying it's the woman's job to submit to the man. Because what Scripture is talking about there is this idea of mutual submission, right? It is mutually sacrificing and submitting to each other. Right. And that the more I do that, you know, you've seen this and you can see this clearly in other people's life. You ever see it as a selfish person? Have you ever met a selfish person that's happy? Very rarely. Because we do not find happiness by putting ourselves first. It doesn't work that way. I tell people a lot of time because I'll talk to women and they're like, but doesn't God want me to be happy? And I always say, I think God is a little more worried about you being holy than he is about you being happy. See, happiness comes as a byproduct of you putting someone else first and your needs second and you becoming more like Christ. And the more you become like Christ, the happier you will be. Great relationships happen not when I get what I want. They happen when I give what I have. That's good. That's good. That is so good. Having a giving heart instead of a getting heart. So, so good. Happiness becomes a byproduct of doing this. Hey, we got to pause there because I'm saying, if you haven't written that down, you got to write that down because you want you want it, you want some major good mojo in your relationships. That is so critical right there. Thank you for saying that. I'm proud. That is good, my baby. Can you say that again? Can you read that one more time? That is so good. I just want to hear you say it. Sorry. We didn't do this in the first service, but I want to hear you. It's, that's, that's, I'll say it. Can I say it? I love it. This is a great relationships happen not when I get what I want, but when I give what I have. Woo! If I remembered one thing, that would do me much good. Wow. Okay. You can go on. Oh, you are? Okay. Um, you are really okay. All right. So let me let me say this. As it pertains to this whole big picture of marriage, there's nobody who models the biggest, best way to do life and to do relationships other than Jesus Himself. You think when Jesus came and showed up on the planet, inst- instantly He began sacrificing. He began serving. And that was, that was his love MO. The way he loved, the way he modeled to us to love was to serve and to sacrifice. And you can't say that's a woman submission thing or a man, she should submit to the man thing when Jesus did that to everybody. So let's not get lost in that. If you want ultimate happiness, it's going to come by way of you serving and sacrificing. And that is so counterintuitive to our how we how how we leave our, our early stages of singleness, right? When I left singleness, I wasn't thinking about serving. Serving, I was like, man, this is gonna be awesome. She's gonna serve me, right? I'm gonna get her. I'm gonna get into this relationship, and it's gonna benefit me. 
That's what I was hoping for. I didn't, I didn't, I, w- I wasn't articulating that. I don't think my, my pea brain actually could conjure up that's what it was, but that's what I was really down deep thinking. This will help me. This will make me whole. I'll marry her and that'll help me. And that is, uh, that's backwards. So happiness, here's happiness. Happiness is a byproduct that happens when you pursue something bigger and grander and more noble than your own selfish desires. Jesus is an example for that. And it's not a one-time thing. If I'm honest, if I'm honest, I've got a, I, I, I intrinsically drift back to serving myself. If I'm honest, I drift back pretty much daily. If I'm not consciously reminding myself, I've got to be leaving, leaving, leaving. That's, a, that's, a, that's an everyday thing for me. Christy, she, she could think about leaving like once a year. That's it. We're good. But I've got to think about leaving every day. Because I'm, I'm the one who wants to, I, I just go, I just serve myself. And I battle that. And I, and I think when we're at our happiness, happiest, when I'm at my happy, happiest, it's not when I'm serving me. It's not happening. It's when I'm shortchanging me and giving my due diligence and my sacrifice and my service to my wife that our whole household functions and loves better. Um, so Jesus here does something really cool with this. He takes what we talked about in Genesis and He re-says it. He quotes it in Matthew. He says this in Matthew 19. Haven't you read, He replied, that, that at the beginning the Creator, speaking of Himself, made them male and female and said, for this reason, He quotes it again. Like, if you didn't get it the first time, He said it again. For this reason, a man will leave his father and his mother and will be what? There's the word again, united. So you gotta leave, you gotta continue leaving, but then you gotta go in the, go into the goal of being, let's be united. Let's make this where you and I are one. Like, I'm not gonna serve myself, I'm gonna serve you. Let's go into this, understanding and exchanging the unitedness. United to his wife, that the two will become one flesh. Now the word united, really ultimately comes from another word, and you probably read it, uh, in other versions of other Bibles, it's the word cleaving, and there's a there's a there's a Hebrew word that, that leads to to cleaving. But this is the idea of this is the glue. This is walking in the relationship, saying no matter what, I'm yours. No matter what, you're mine, and nobody but nobody comes between us. This is a loyalty thing. This is a I don't have friends that are better friends than this friend. I don't have, I don't have anybody outside this relationship that is a higher place, a higher priority than this relationship other than God. When I get him and I right, then this is right. But there's nobody on the planet earth, not our kids, not you, this church. Nobody comes between Christy and I. Nobody. Nobody. And I make sure she knows that on a fairly often basis. I'll have to remind her because I'm pretty stupid sometimes. And I'll have to apologize and I'll say, I'm sorry, but here's what I believe. And here's what I'm going to work on. You're number one. You're number one. And I have to look her in the eyes. I have to say that because I slip back into serving Jeff. So, so we leave, then we unite, saying I'm not going anywhere, and then we become one flesh. Now let me, let me pause on this one flesh thing because that's our whole, that's the rage of our culture. Sex, 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 sex. And, it, and it's, 
It's, it's more popular, wouldn't you say, than the leaving and cleaving and uniting part, right? Anybody selling that out there? I mean, you go anywhere, you read any, anything out there, any article, any magazine, online, wherever. Is it applauding leaving and cleaving and uniting? No. Really what it's selling is if you'll try it like this, if you'll, uh, if you'll work on being a better lover and try these techniques and do it six ways like this and four ways and do this and operate like, that's what it's selling. But if you play that tape out, that's completely re- reversed how you really get happiness. And I'm gonna, I'm gonna say this and I'm gonna sound out of touch. I know. It's gonna sound like I'm just completely off my rocker, but here's the thing. We live in a hookup culture where it's all about sex and hooking up and, and it devalues the real idea and goal and hopes of sex. So much so sex is just sex. Sex is just sex. Just hooking up. I'm just hooking up. It's cool. I'm just hooking up. But here's the thing. What if God didn't design your body for a hookup culture? What if God didn't design your heart in your mind for a hookup culture? What if culture's wrong and what if God's right? What if God's right that if we'll leave everybody else and I'll leave me as number one and I'll sacrifice and make her my only number one, what if that's the best way that ultimately leads us, me, Christy, to real holiness, to real happiness? What if that's the real deal? Because in the end, you can play the hookup game. And I, and I know I've got lots of friends that in, when we, and we'll hang out besides church when I'm not preaching, we'll have a conversation and it'll come up. It'll come up. And they'll get real awkward and I'll, I'll tease like, come on man, I'll hook this up. We'll get that marriage going on. You know, we'll, whatever, whatever, whatever. And we, we smile and laugh. But the truth be told that if you play the hookup game and you reverse the order of how God really wants to make this great, you will wake up to someone in your bed and you'll still be alone. You'll still be empty. And that ache, that ache, that desire to have what God wants you to have will not have happened. And so, and so, so God, Jesus, continues communicating about this and He says this, so, so they are no longer two, but one flesh in, in the order that we've been talking about. Therefore, and he says this, and I think this is a powerful ending today. Track with me with this. Therefore, what God has, what's the word there? Join together. It's all like united, right? Join, united, join, united. Woo! Right? Therefore, what God has joined together, let no one separate. Now, here's a play on words here that we see throughout the Bible. Joined in the Bible is much like and very similar to the word that we see called yoked, yoked in the Bible. In the New Testament, God, Jesus switches a few things when He refers to uh, two animals, oxen, being yoked together, joined together by this wooden piece that causes them and leads them to have to do things together. And when people are joined together, when people are yoked together, and one's going about his own thing and serving himself, it just messes up everything, doesn't it? Can you picture 
two, a, a male and a woman, man and woman, like literally like physically yoked together and someone just serving himself all the time? That's miserable. That's just, that's just jacked up. But oftentimes, that's what's happening here. And so what we see here is that Scripture's saying, ultimately that word yoked also lends itself to understanding that we've got to work together. Now, work's not a cool word in marriage. But I can promise you this. Anything worthwhile in your life is going to take what? Work. Work. But if you're honest, and I ask the question, do you shortchange your most important relationships for other areas that you have to go to work for? Let me ask you moms for a second. When the babies need whatever they need, but they're no longer babies and it's not just diapers and they got like emotional needs now. Do you shortchange the kids? Or do you shortchange this? See, I, it's just, it's, 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 it's a deception that I think all of us at some percent either buy into or we just miss that we don't shortchange the kids. We don't. We shortchange this relationship. We shortchange our, we shortchange this relationship to our jobs all the time. Now, I know we got to go to work. I know that. I get that. But we're wore out and we shortchange our spouse. And we don't make this number one. And I'm just, I think we got to realign to what God's intention was. And if we'll do that, everything else will play itself out better. Hey, I guarantee you companies would wish that you would pay more attention to this. I know companies like Aflac have hired guys like Mike Fortenberry to be their chaplain. Because it's better for their bottom line when marriages function better. It's better for your kids. There's nothing, there's not a greater gift you can give your kids than a great marriage. So, this idea of work, it's not sexy. Marriage is work. It doesn't sound like Disney-esque. Right? Nobody on Valentine's buys the card that says, baby, you are just so much work. Mmm. Baby, you work it. You know, I, I need to give my wife a card and say, baby, you, you have to work a whole lot because of me. I'm sorry. I are a lot of work. Alright? But if it's valuable, it takes work. It takes work. I think there is a myth out there, Jeff, that um, we hear a lot that if I just Ooh. had married the Good. right person, it wouldn't. if I could just find the right person, it won't take a lot of work. Because the movie sells that. It's always... That is powerful. It's good. Yeah, somebody give up on working, like, you're just going to have to work hard on the next one, <laughs> too. It's always, always a lot of work. There's no greener pasture out there. There's no less work with somebody else. We're two imperfect people that God ultimately wants to work in to get the glory through. That makes sense. So, here's the homework for this week. If you'll permit me to give you homework. I want you to go to work. At number one. Are you continually leaving? Your old, selfish desires, purposes behind. It's not that you can't be a dude and go do dude stuff. But if it's all about you, you gotta, you gotta realign. If 
she's not number one and thinks that something else is, you need to, you need to be thinking about and asking God, God, show me where I need to be leading. Give me wisdom and perspective, gumption and courage to admit it and start working on it this week. Ask God this week. That's homework number one. Where do I need to be leading? Second thing is this. Admitting you have some uniting to do. Right? Some uniting to do. And maybe, just maybe, some working to do. Maybe, just maybe, you need to look into each other's eyes this week and, 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 and say, I'm not going anywhere. I will not quit. I'm for you. And I, and I, and whatever you need to say beyond that, right? But I think some of you need to look your spouse in the eyes and maybe, maybe the, the moment today is this moment where God needs you to hear, have you hear Him tell you to do and say to your spouse, I'm not going anywhere. I'm not going anywhere. And our hopes is that over the next four weeks, that God will do a powerful work, not in them, but in us. If you can't fix them, you, you, can, you can work on you. And let's just admit today that I don't, I don't believe there's any accidents. That God has us here today for all of us. If you came in this morning and you said, my marriage is, we're good. I'm good, she's good, we're good. Can I tell you, coasting happens when you're going downhill. So if you're good, you could be better. If some of you today came in and you, you're, 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 you're mad because they're sitting too close to you right now. And you're about to walk out and it was either going to be like the hell or high water, you know. We're done. And maybe, just maybe, you got to be reminded of what we saw last week and reminded that Jesus was resurrected from the dead. And because He could resurrect Himself, we've got to understand and assume and believe that He's in the business of resurrections. And there's going to be some relationships around here that God's going to resurrect. There's some, some dead dead, gone emotions and feelings that I believe God wants to resurrect. And some of you would say, you haven't done it yet, but you're here today. You're here now. And I want us to believe not in ourselves. I can't place my faith in me. I'm going to fumble the ball. I'm going to strike out. It won't be a major league marriage. On my own, it'll be a major league mishap mess up. But through Christ, He gives us strength. Even if your man or your woman is not with you today, maybe you're spiritually single. Maybe they, they will not do the God peace with you. It's again, it's not focus on them, let's focus on you. They cannot complete you. He can. And this is a, this is a call for us to draw near to God. And if we will go where He wants us to go, then I'm telling you, the, uh, the, the rest, God'll, that'll work itself out. Let's get this right today. Let's pray. Lord, we, uh, we submit to You 
And we just kind of, in our hearts, we bow the knee. We bow our hearts, we bow our heads, God, and we just say, we need You, Jesus. God, help us. You've blessed us with, with the, the incredible union of marriage. You blessed Adam with Eve. God, You've blessed many of us with a spouse. You blessed us, blessed us with, maybe some of us, a future relationship that we may not even know about, God. But today, God, we focus on us and ask You to guide us Heal our hearts. God, help us with the places that are, that are prickly. God, help us with the places that are tender and we're wounded and we can't even figure out how to re-love. God, I pray that we would receive Your love. We'd recognize that You served us. And God, would we recognize that You sacrificed for us and we'd gain strength from You. Our relationship with You, God. So, so God, today we say yes to You. We ask for Your help. God, we... We lean into You today. We surrender to You today. God, help us this week to leave. Help us this week to unite. I pray, God, that we'd make some beautiful magic. Lord, with even the blessing of being one flesh. Gift us today with the experience of being close to You. We praise You, Jesus, for Your love for us that You never quit. Ever, ever, ever. In Your name, I pray. Everybody said, Amen. You'll be back next week. Week one. Come back next week. We're going to get really practical next week. Alright? A little cliffhanger there. It's going to be awesome. I'm going to invite our host teams to come forward. We're going to close with an offering. Can I thank you that we paid for Easter? Before Easter. You did that. You did that. Thank you. But our job is not done on Easter. Our hopes is that there would not be a man, woman, or child in this city and beyond that would not hear and know Jesus. So I'm going to ask you to continue to, to, to practice faithful generosity. And I'm going to continue to pray that God would bless you so, so you continue to do that. Right? So it continues to flow in so you can continue to bless. If you're a guest today, uh, be our guest. There's going to be some weird looking, like almost Home Depot, but they're gray buckets that go around. Uh, if you're a guest, be our guest. And if you're here today and you're hurting, and there's a cash amount that's in that bucket that represents your bill or struggle that you cannot make it Tomorrow or today, uh, that's yours. Okay, um, we are a generous church. We give well beyond ten percent away to our missions, our local stuff, our global stuff, and it's be, it's because of days like this we we, we want to be generous. So um, let me pray for this and ask God to bless this moment as we worship Him. God, we surrender not just our hearts, but God our our physical stuff to you. Use our stuff. Use my house. God, use my boat. I don't have one of those. God, use someone's boat. God, use our cars. Use our jeeps. Use our outdoor abilities. God, use everything that we are so we can connect with someone who's, who's far from you and, and, and lovingly take them by the hand and introduce them. 
God, thank you that many people were saved last week. God, we, we gear up for a few weeks from now where we have a big, huge baptism. God, I'm excited about that. I pray that uh, many people would take that next step. And God, I pray that, there's, that, that today you would do something powerful beyond what we could think or imagine in our hearts and lives. Love you, Jesus. Thank you for you giving your life for us. We praise you. In your name I pray. Amen.